That is not coffee. Can I have one thing, Christian? <laughs> I mean, you can have whatever you want to. Just call it by the right thing. Can I have one thing? There's coffee in this beverage. That's, that's what matters. That's like hipster coffee. You know what? Just for that, that's how the episode starts. Okay? And we're back. Welcome back to season three, everyone. This is how we're getting started. Perfect. Thanks, Christian. Nailed it. Gotcha. What are we talking about? You know what? No. You know what? Listen to the new intro music. I made it. You're welcome. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. And now we're back. Yeah, you guys thought I was going to be nicer in season three? No. no. He has not slept in months. Yeah. Well, I just watched Alex Jones on Rogan for the fifth time in a row. I'm ready. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? No, it's fine. So what are we talking? We're talking for the first time in the history of this podcast. We're actually looking into Hollow Earth. About time. It's about time. Everyone, everyone, I swear every one of our listeners has messaged me on Instagram and be like, y'all need to talk about that Hollow Earth, though. And I've been saying, yeah, we do. And now we are. And also, not just that, I should probably also introduce Ethan, who is sitting here with us as well. And Ethan is my oldest friend in the history of my lifetime, okay? And he's up in Alaska. You mean this lifetime? In my lifetime, as I stated. And he's up here in Alaska for work. Welcome, number one, to the show. Ethan, this is fantastic. You and I used to have weird conversations. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll get into it at some point. Maybe that'll be the bonus episode. We'll do the bonus <laughs> video. Just record. You'll be like, yeah, I remember this time you said this thing. You said this oh, yeah. Thing. Just briefly, what are you up here for? And how are you enjoying Alaska? Uh, I'm up here. Hello, everyone. And I'm <laughs> I'm up here for work. Uh, I work for the Air Force as a contracted photographer. Yeah. And uh, I'm up here for stuff and things. Yeah. And yeah, Alaska is awesome. It's been raining the entire time. So that's been kind of weird. But I didn't expect the weather to be like that great. I guess apparently summer is amazing. Everyone says that. Like, it truly is. So it's been awesome. Like I'm, I'm but I am a little bit ready to go home. I'm like, you know, it'd be nice right. if my feet weren't cold all the time. So no, you'd be surprised. It's not as nice as you think. No, it's not. It sucks. Yeah. So. You, yeah, yeah, you're from literally the same area that Christian and I are from, and that's because I said you're my oldest friend. We've known each other since we were in diapers, technically. Yeah, allegedly. There's picture proof. Yeah, somewhere. And I haven't seen you in a decade. And the second I saw you at the fair, I'm like, it's fucking back, dude. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Ten years. The boys are back. Yeah. Do you ever think that you haven't seen him in ten years, and then we like pull out the Hollow Earth episode and he shows up? Do you think it's a coincidence? I don't. But I will say this: I feel very <laughs> bad for you as well because there's. Been 10 years of me learning and researching and looking at weird shit that you were not familiar with. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I dropped a bomb on you last like, night. And yeah. I was just talking nonstop. Like, there's this shit. And this. I'm like, you're going to go home to your wife and family. You're going to be like, 
so he's gone. The way the <laughs> way I, I I look at, yeah the way I look at it is that like Scott went off into the woods of Alaska and he went a little crazy because everything it felt like just if I can just be candid please uh, it felt like no matter what we talked about last night it somehow ended up being about the Nephilim. <laughs> I did. I did. You're like, well, yeah. the thing about the Bible the, is the oh. Nephilim. Yeah dude. yeah, dude. Nephilim and cryptocurrency. Yeah. Well, and we God. talked about crypto Welcome for back. a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. so things that, and Ethan and I, you mentioned at dinner we had a couple nights ago that we pretty much just talked pop culture for like our entire teenage years and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And so like going 10 years without that person that you have that you usually would just dish about random shit. Oh, yeah. And then being reunited, you're like, well, we also have to touch on this that happened to me when I was 24. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. You're ready. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to explain, you know, get it. Get caught up on all the weird paranormal stuff that happens to you. Yeah. So it's been a real treat. It's been nice. And now I'm trying to convince you guys to move up here, which will happen in time because I can be very persuasive. Just I can wear you down. Yeah. I it's... sold my house already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did it. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. But anyway, yeah. So welcome to the show. It's we're we're gonna try a few more guest hosts this season because we always enjoy those conversations. And Ethan, you're not prepared for this at all. No. Yeah. I, I said no idea. worth and you're like, yeah okay sure i had to look it up i'm like i think that means that like there's like a nest russian nesting doll or something there's like yeah. another earth inside of there or something yeah yeah it gets strange i mean even the thing you were talking to me about last night like so the nephilim <laughs> should we just <laughs> jump into it like are we just gonna jump into hollywood sure. stuff or do yeah. we want to i don't want to you guys have like do you, stuff do you have like a cold open or is nope. it no yeah so feel free to jump in because like so from my understanding right i just kind of assumed that like hollow earth meant like there's something in there's nothing inside the earth right it's just like an empty space or whatever mm. but then you went on this whole thing about like antarctica and a hole and the nazis yeah and i was like i wasn't prepared for any of that <laughs> like i was like oh i don't yeah and no. the inner earth people and the, yeah. the inner earth stuff. like yeah, i actually was, was gonna leave last night I was like i don't even know what to <laughs> exit through the gift <laughs> yeah, shop like on this one yeah. so i don't think i don't think the topic we're doing today will have too much nephilim in it yeah. Okay. So we no. don't have to we'll go see. with that make I Guys, I hate to break it to you. I may be able to work it in if everyone's prepared for it, but we don't have to go down that We were prepared. Hole. I just want to remind you, the yeah. Nephilim are not true. I am wrong. Okay. Thank you for that once again. Yeah. They are not fallen angels. I am wrong. Okay. They can be- Or demons. I am wrong. All right. Well, now that you got all that off your chest. Anyway, Operation High Jump, Christian, take us away on this adventure, please. Okay. Now I'm not prepared. <clears throat> Mother, you said, I quote, dude, I quote, I've been ready. Yeah. I was ready like 10 minutes ago, and then you just started talking about Nephilim. And so I had like, to oh, no, I got to re throw it off. I, was, yeah. I definitely think that was true, though. He was he was prepared. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm throwing him off. And this is the season, guys. Fresh, all new, right? Never experienced these tangents before, but we have. Continue. All right. I guess I don't have to yell into the, the, the microphone. First, yeah, you're right. The first part's always the hardest on this. Right. All right, Scott. And Ethan, (laughs) (laughs) what was that scripted? And this other guy, yeah. (laughs) No, because we've been talking about Operation High Jump, so I don't really need to go today. We will discuss Operation High Jump and its leader and American hero, Admiral Richard Richard E. Byrd. So, (sighs) it's just a script, man. You just read it. You know, you remember I read, right? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? Would that make? Yeah, you read a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, today we're going to be discussing Operation High Jump and its leader, an American hero, Admiral Richard E. Byrd. For those new to the topic, what is Operation High Jump? It is listed officially as a scientific research and military training exercise in Antarctica. In later years, we would learn what actually happened and why the military abruptly canceled the operation six months early. The actual story of what really happened to Admiral Byrd and his men would only come to light when Byrd's secret diary was published. It's called Smoothest Butter, Christian. I want you to just take that in. 
This is the story of the American. You said American hero twice now. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say well, this. Maybe dude. he was the greatest American hero. Yeah. Okay. This is the story of again. I'm just gonna say Mr. Bird. Mr. Bird. Is that disrespectful? It's Admiral Bird. Admiral Mr. Bird, who is known for the most part today finding hollow earth hidden in Antarctica. The story begins in the years prior to World War II. Adolf Hitler was in the planning stages of the World War. He was preparing to start. He and his advisors were determined to go to Antarctica to set up a base. This mission was secret. It was secret. I'm going to edit that like one of those used car commercials. Secret, secret, secret. Just kidding. That sounds like a lot of work. Heinrich Himmler had convinced Hitler that if they found certain ancient artifacts, they would have unbelievable power in the wars to come. Smooth as butter. It was. Yeah. Well, there's, sometimes there's little knots in the butter. You may not have experienced that in your cookie cutter life, Christian, right? The search through. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just yell at you. So they, get, they get right back to just so angry. Yeah. The search through the world for various objects of power and the myth. The mythic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I read that as Mike Tyson saying the word mystic for a moment. The mythic. The mythic ubermensch of the. Wow, you would. Of the Nazi <laughs> propagandist. <laughs> Hitler thought that he could make contact with this group of possible aliens, which he thought were aliens and the creators of the original Aryan race on Earth at the South Pole. In December 1938, he sent a ship to the area, the Schwabenland. You're doing good with your German words. I know. On board were scientists, engineers, and even members of the Thule Society, a German occult group. I don't think you said that right. Thule? It's Thule. The Thule? Yeah, Thule. Or Thule. The Thule. Yeah. That's French. People don't think I was a douchebag. They're going to think so after I say this word. I said Thule because I'm not cultured. Uh, On board were scientists, engineers, and even members of the Thule Society, a German occult group. That is not the proper way to say it. That's what you just told me, man. You said Thule. How do you spell it? Thule. T-H-U-L-E. And American English, that's Thule. Then we're talking German. Da. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I thought I could help you. (laughs) I was wrong. Yeah. On board were scientists, engineers, and even members of the Thule. I repeat, say the word. Thule. Thule. It could be Thule, but mm-hmm. stop doing it with an accent. Just say the word. Say the word. Thule. Okay, good. Good enough. The Thule. Is that good enough? Does that? Oh, God. Okay. Just do it. You guys, at this point, you are aware what the society is called. Yeah. And that society believed a human-like civilization existed in Antarctica, not in the frozen wastelands, but deep within the earth. They, along with Hitler, felt they could not only find this group they called Aryans, but also that they might be able to negotiate for weapons. What did he bring for negotiations? Uh, Strudel. Like a Sherman? (laughs) He's like, no, strudel. German strudel. Yeah. That's all it took. German chocolate cake or something. Yeah. That would be an interesting choice. What other bakery decisions do you think Hitler was making (laughs) in the early 90s? Oh, he might have brought him some of his art. Yeah. He's like, the most, I'm going to run a, I'm going to start the thousand year Reich. Here's my artwork. (laughs) Yeah. I painted this dog. Yeah. That's not, that's definitely not German. What was that? That's fine. I painted this dog, is what he said. (laughs) Yeah. But in a German accent. While they mapped the continent, they also sent flights over land, finding an area of about 300 square miles miles that was not covered in ice. There was plant life and a geothermal vent that warmed the ocean beneath the ice-free area. This would be a perfect place to build Base 211. Christian, why don't you tell us about Base 211, please? All right. Base 211 would grow large enough to be almost a small city during the build-up to World War II. Originally, the base was set up as offensive. I pick on him and then I do the same This base is very offensive. Yeah. Originally, the base was set up as an as offensive in nature. So it's like a... Would it be offensive? Yeah. 
but offensive. It's like Louis C.K. Nobody's laughing at that, Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Louis C.K. is a national treasure. How Mm. dare you? Originally, the base was set up offensive as offensive in nature. A place to launch U-boats, but then Germany began to lose the war. Leadership, as always, abandoning ship, began to escape the burning nation to South America, where in some towns today, there are still descendants of Germans. They speak German, and even the architecture looks straight out of pre-war Germany. This is well known from history. The story that is less known is that many of the Nazi elite were going to the South Pole to base 211. At the end of the war, the hunt was on for Nazi fugitives and enter Admiral Byrd. Enter Admiral Byrd. Admiral Byrd was the youngest rear admiral in the Navy at age 41. He was highly decorated then and now. A Medal of Honor recipient along with the Navy Cross, the Flying Cross, and many more. He flew over the North Pole in the years prior to Operation High Jump. And the operation started in August 1946. Byrd had 5,000 men, 13 ships, and a brand new state-of-the-art aircraft carrier with planes and all that. Two destroyers were part of the group. Icebreakers and tankers and supply ships were needed also for the group. Seems like a lot for the time, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so like, what it does seem like a lot. What, yeah. what year was this? Is there like a timeline? When 1947. Like, so this was like right after the war, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes, because I was going to say, like, why would they be sending so much stuff down there, like, in the middle of, you know, but that makes more sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, The war's over. Let's go. Like, let's just go explore now, guys. (laughs) Let's see what's out there. Yeah. What do we do now? (laughs) The war is over, but the Americans have been told there's a hidden Nazi base in Antarctica. And probably by some of their captured Germans, we're probably talking about it. Well, I imagine that that. That's probably, there's probably a, several years of like just dealing with that too, like shutting stuff down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, you, just because the war's won, it doesn't mean that like there aren't pockets somewhere that you have yeah. to go deal with. Antarctica is pretty remote from what I hear. So right. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they were, I think in the eighties, they found a guy from Japan that was still out fighting the war. Really? Yeah. What's he doing? Just hiding in the bushes yeah. somewhere? He's like, <laughs> he wouldn't come out of the forest and he was still sabotaging stuff. <laughs> Wow. And the only thing that stopped him is they found his old commander and right. they brought him out there and they, he met with them and he's like, no, the war is over. And he would only believe his old commander. Wow. So there was probably a lot of stuff going on after World War II. Yeah. That would make another show and it's, you know, on its own. That guy needs a podcast. I'd like to hear his story. Yeah. So it was 1993. <laughs> I slashed the tires. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, what happened with Toyota, man? What the hell? Yeah. Okay. But that was all just a cover story, and none of it would take place. America wanted to control the continent, though they were would say so, say differently in public. They also wanted to find the Nazi base and capture its inhabitants. Another concern was the many sightings of UFOs that began to take place in South America after the Nazis, Nazis escaped to the countries there. If they had the technology that they had gone there to find prior to the war, the Germans could easily attack the United States from the base. So yes, UFOs are one of the reasons for high jump. You happy, Scott? Yeah. You love UFOs? I do. Yeah, I have shirts that say, I heart UFOs. Yeah. I thought that was a tattoo. It is. The U.S. wanted captured UFO tech. It was January 15th, 1947, when Bird and his ships arrived. They immediately started to set up a base called Little America. That was the first mistake. Yeah. They just landed. And like, what do we call it? Little America. Yeah. And nobody was like, don't do that. Not at that time. Good flex. They were very patriotic, Scott. Yeah. Then what happens the next time we do it? Littler America? Come on. Tiny America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Micro America. <laughs> Little America would be their base for the next six 
God. I, Christian, I think Little America might have been their base for the six to eight month expedition. You have are, you heard anything about that? You are correct. The mission would be abandoned after just 40 days. What would cause a man like Admiral Byrd to terminate such a costly mission? And this is where it gets fun. I'm glad that you wrote that in to, to remind us that this is where we'd be getting fun. Yeah. I see my name now. Yeah, I was going to put it somewhere else, but I, I thought you would have fun talking about this part. Cool. This is kooky stuff. Scott, right oh, up Scott's alley. great. Yeah, thanks. Here we go. None of it's true. Oh, sorry, everyone listening that tunes in for the truth every week. No, I have to say that. For, so the government leaves us alone. That is true. That is very true. That's the only thing you've ever said true on this podcast. Yeah. Never considered to be the type of thinker that goes into the realm of aliens. Richard Byrd and his task force would arrive in Chile after leaving Antarctica. You like that? No. Okay. As they arrived at port in Chile, <laughs> they're, I'm going to stop after that one. That seems like enough. The joke has run its course. There were stories going around about the strange circumstances that caused the expedition to be canceled. Bird spoke to the Spanish-speaking media. Classic thing to do in a Spanish-speaking country. Probably, yeah. He wanted to call attention to the fact that the United States was at risk for aerial attack. He believed the focus should be on defensive measures against enemies in the Arctic and Antarctica. Bird felt in a new war, the U.S. would be attacked by flying objects that could move at high speed from Antarctica to the Arctic. He would go on to say that there was a new enemy for not only America, but these objects could attack anywhere in the world. His tone would soon change. After speaking about his concerns for about two weeks in South America, he arrived back in Washington, D.C. to be debriefed. He was interrogated. Once he was finished, he never spoke the operation or he never spoke about Operation High Jump again. The U.S. government classified the entire expedition as top secret. Sailors had died, which the Navy admitted, but they never said how many had died or how. The bodies were not returned as they had been buried on the continent. This story would end there, but there but then a diary was found and it was reported to be Admiral Byrd's. Written in 1947, it was full of details left out of the original reports that had been known to the public and most military officials. And that's Admiral Richard B. Byrd's diary. Richard B. Byrd. So this is the discovery of this diary, right? Right. Yeah. Which you probably know about. I've read it, I think. Have you? Yeah. Have so, you ever heard of any of this? No. So how did they find his diary? His, he left it to his son. Okay. And then his son later published it supposedly has anyone verified that that is actually a son is there a way to do that and not just someone that has the last name bird no i think it's the son really the question is is the diary real i feel like you could probably figure that out if you knew if you knew what his relationship with his dad was like yeah you know like if it was like something like where they had a good relationship or just something where his dad was kind of an asshole military dude and then he was like just to make money off this clown i'm gonna release this diary so i feel like if they had a good relationship there would be no diary because he'd be like yeah my dad's really Wow, this is some crazy stuff. <laughs> <You> just close <laughs> yeah. that. We're just gonna put that yeah. in a box. Like, wow. Well, okay. that, but if he's probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But that's, that kind of brings into question, like, is that diary real? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like you kind of mentioned, Christian. Like, that's the whole. You know I mean, like, yeah. he could release this, and it could just be like, well, he we knew he worked on this, and he could never talk about it, right? Because yeah. if something's classified top secret, you just you won't be able to talk about it. I mean, he wouldn't be able to talk about it for years, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even even after, even when you can talk about it, when something gets declassified, it's still like you can't fully. You can't fully explain like that's what I was working on at that yeah. time. It's more like you're just like, oh, I was aware. Oh yeah, of I was something. part of that yeah. at some point. You know what I mean? So yeah. I existed around the same time that was being made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And but that's the thing. Like this diary that we're about to get in, into has some very out there claims. And so if it is real, and if it is actually from a very highly decorated admiral, like 
what did he lose his marbles or did he well, actually see this shit? But I mean, know? like you have to think too, like if you're that high up in the military, like you are, there is stuff they know about way more than we know about. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. the level of our, like the stuff they're briefed on is like, yeah, we didn't even know that was going on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly a chance that either he, he did know stuff that was like not for the public's consumption and also like maybe he went a little off the rails just because he's like i'm i've been briefed in all this other crazy stuff you know what i mean like <laughs> anything goes yeah. yeah he's like you know what else nephilim no yeah sorry it's it's they, fine they know i've been on them all yeah. the time about it just give me a brief 15 minutes it all is like an old married couple you can't talk about like the dryer or whatever <laughs> yeah we've well, heard the story the, 20 damn, the damn, damn dryer yeah yeah uh, the exploration flight over the North Pole, the inner Earth, my secret diary. It, that is, I'm not sure something an admiral would put. This is my secret diary. Well, maybe he, he grew up <laughs> reading my secret garden. Mm, yeah. And he was like, well, just to pay homage to my favorite. Yeah. Let me name this my secret diary. No, dude, get it out of here. And it goes a little something like this. I must write this diary in secrecy and obscurity. It concerns my Arctic flight of the 19th day of February in the, in the year of 1947. There comes a time when the rationality of men must fade into insignificance and one must accept the inevitability of the truth. I am not at liberty to disclose the following documentation at this writing. Perhaps it shall never see the light of public scrutiny, but I must do my duty and record here for all to read one day. In a world of greed and exploitation, of certain of mankind can no longer suppress that which is truth. And this is the flight log from Base Camp Arctic, great imaginative name, on February 19th, 1947. 0600 hours, all preparations are complete for our flight northward, and we are airborne with full fuel tanks at 0610 hours. 0620 hours, fuel mixture on, I thought they were supposed to be airborne. They're already 10, min 10 minutes late. 0620 hours, fuel mixture on starboard engine seems too rich. Adjustment made, and Pratt Whitney's are running smoothly. You know what those are? Yeah, sure. Those are like shoes that you wear, right? <laughs> Pratt Whitney's are engines. Got my Pratt Whitney's. So he's just saying that the engines are running well, right? Smoothly. After they took, after they took off. Thanks for including that bird. Well, you seemed real confused. <laughs> so <laughs> no, you're like, like, what is a Pratt? I mean, he's wearing his Pratt yeah, Whitney's. Chris Pratt. <laughs> I knew you knew what it was yeah. just because of your job. But yeah. I was yeah. like, Scott may not have ever heard that. No, well, if they talk about Photoshop, guys, I'll be on board too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll get it. Anyway, it's this delicious coffee of mine. And you don't have to read the times every time if you don't want to. Okay, yeah, you guys are just going to be in the dark, sorry. Uh, radio check with base camp at 7.30. All is well and radio reception is normal. 7.40, note slight oil leak in starboard engine. Oil pressure indicator seems normal. However, at 8 o'clock, slight turbulence noted from easterly direction at altitude of 23.21. Direction to 1,700 feet, no further turbulence, and, but tailwind increases. Slight adjustment in throttle controls. Aircraft performing very well now. Little humble brag. It's very well now. Uh, at 8:15, radio check with base camp. Situation normal. At 8:30, how many hours did he? Good grief, man! How detailed you gotta be? Just keep going. I mean, he's only been flying for like an hour. And I've read like 15 of these. Yeah, two hours right yeah. now. But he's very detailed. I see that. Yeah, That's this goes good on for the story. I guess this goes on for a while. Yeah. This yeah. is good. We want to know this. <laughs> no, this is good, right? You want to know that there's turbulence or whatever, right? That's, yeah. that's there's heat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Are you shaking, bird? We want to know. Are you? And at 8.30, he was doing just that. That's turbulence encountered again. Increases altitude to 2,900 feet. Smooth flight conditions again. At 9.10, vast ice and snow below. Note coloration of yellowish nature and disperse in a linear pattern. Altering course for a better examination of this color pattern below. 
Note reddish or purple color also. Circle this area two full turns and return to an assigned compass heading. Position check made again to base camp and relay information concerning colorations in the ice and snow below. Also at 910, apparently. Uh, both magnetic and... Is this a Greek sandwich or gyro? Gyro. Okay. <laughs> both Euro. magnetic and gyro compasses. Mm, delicious. Both magnetic and gyro compasses beginning to gyrate and wobble. I think that's what gyro compasses do, right? They gyrate. <laughs> I've never actually seen one except for in a movie. Uh, we are unable to hold our heading by instrumentation. Take bearing with sun compass, yet all seems well. The controls are seemingly slow to respond and have sluggish quality, but there's no indication of icing. At 9.15, in the distance is what appears to be mountains. 9.49, 29 minutes elapsed flight time from the first sighting of the mountains. It is no illusion. They are mountains and consist of a small range that I have never seen before. At 9.55, altitude changed to 29.50, encountering strong turbulence again. At 10 o'clock, we are crossing over the small mountain range and still proceeding northward as best as we can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion. There should be no green valley below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should be over ice and snow. To the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning. The gyroscope is oscillating back and forth. At 10.05, I alter altitude to 1,400 feet and execute a sharp left turn to better examine the valley below. It is green with either moss or a type of tight-knit grass. The light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore. We make another left turn and we spot what seems to be a large animal of some kind. It appears to be an elephant. No! No. How many exclamation points? That never that never makes a, a story seem true to me. If there's more exclamation points, I'm just like, <sighs> you know what's funny is when I was I was watching a video on this, and uh -huh. that was one of the comments they made. Like, why yeah. would Admiral Bird use as exclamation yeah, like points? Yeah, like fifteen. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's weird. I mean, you'd be blown well, away probably. I mean, I have a point about this whole thing that I don't necessarily want to say right now because I don't want to just like crush everyone's dreams. But how the fuck is he writing this and flying an airplane at the same yeah. time? I think it's he like, took took the notes or he he took the, maybe he had a recording yeah I sure mean, he could be that talking probably wasn't right? popular back then it's probably but, a very yeah. large radio then he was probably like oh, i just carry my recorder out to the well plane. no like you could you know there's like a black box recording wherever you could just be talking the whole time yeah right but at that, in that year you think was that a thing oh i'm sure i mean he's who knows what's the thing with the military back then it's true yeah, you know it was like 100 years ahead you of figure us. we think we're in one place the military especially when you're flying is like 20 years ahead of you yeah i mean they, they had like autonomous missiles and stuff back then that we we were testing yeah. stuff that would check out so i mean it's not out of the realm of crazy to say that they yeah. have like some way that he's just recording and he's commenting on what he's seeing you know what i mean like and he could be like oh it's an elephant oh no it's whatever we're we're about <laughs> yeah. to find out because you haven't superman. read that far yeah. yeah it's superman it's not an elephant it's a lizard no that'd be a gigantic lizard uh Sloviathan. Yeah, so he screams no at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I'm not sure he was screaming. No! <laughs> then he he says it looks more like a mammoth. I this this is incredible. Yet there it is. Decrease altitude to a thousand feet and take binoculars to better examine the animal. It is confirmed it is definitely a mammoth-like animal. Report this to base camp. 1030. Encountering more rolling green hills now. The external temperature indicator reads 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Continuing on our Continuing on our heading now. Navigation instruments seem normal. I am puzzled over their actions. Attempt to contact base camp. Radio is not functioning. Now, during this time, he is missing for three hours while he's doing this. I don't see that, though. I see the time indicator. 
I'm letting you know that like he was out of contact with his base during this three hours, and they had oh. no idea where he was. Okay, yeah. So that's the radio is not functioning. Yeah, guess, yeah. That would answer that. Uh, at 11:30, Countryside Glow is more level and normal, if I may use that word. Ahead, we spot what seems to be a city. What seems to be a city? No, yeah, like screaming this, dude. Chill out. This is impossible. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant. The controls refuse to respond. My God, off our port and starboard wings are a strange type of aircraft. They are closing rapidly alongside. They are disc-shaped and have a radiant quality to them. They are close enough now to see the markings on them. It is a type of swastika. This is fantastic. That's usually not something you see when you see types of swastikas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go, this is fantastic. Especially in 1947. Yeah. Right. In an unknown aircraft. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so I guess this is it for me. Yeah. An unknown aircraft, and you can't control your aircraft, but it's flying just fine. Yeah. Well, do you think that, or do you think he'd be like, these assholes in their Frisbees, <laughs> they'll never get me. It was Admiral Bird. He was probably like, is my, my pistol loaded? Yeah. My six-shooter? Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, where are we? What has happened? I tug at the controls again. They will not respond. We are in. We are caught in an invisible vice grip of some type. Tractor beam. Tracks. Literally. <laughs> yeah. At 11.35, says, our radio crackles and a voice comes through in English with what perhaps is a slight Nordic or Germanic accent. The message is, and I'm not going to attempt that slight Nordic or Germanic. Don't worry. Welcome. I'm not. <laughs> Isn't it German? Not Belgium. German. Yeah. Every time he tries to do a German accent, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's Italian <laughs> oh. or French. If you see, you're yeah. here. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral, you're in good hands. I note the engines of our plane have stopped running. The aircraft is under some strange control and is now turning itself. The controls are useless. At 11.40, another radio message received. We begin the landing process now, and in moments, the plane shudders slightly and begins a descent as though caught in some great unseen elevator. The downward motion is negligible, and we touch down with only a slight jolt. At 11.45, I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen now, but I see no signs of weapon on those approaching. I hear now a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo door. I comply. End log. So see, he was just writing as he's flying. Yeah, so he's just like, got like a notepad. And... They probably have shorthand or something too. Yeah. Fly. Green. Yeah. Mountain. And back then people <laughs> remembered things better. Yeah, because they didn't have myspace.com. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we sometimes remember things too. So he wasn't a pilot though. He's a navigator. So why was he doing anything with controls? Yeah. Yeah. He says, Bird? he says yeah. we though. Like, what does he keep meaning by we? Is well, there I mean, someone with that's him? What I'm saying. I if, think if, plane. He's, if he is a navigator, then yeah. there's a pilot and he's just navigating, right? So he's setting course and he's doing all the, like yeah. he's charting and stuff. He so, was actually flying. Really? Yeah, he was he was that type of person. He would get hmm. in a plane and fly around Antarctica. I mean, I guess that makes sense if you because I mean, if you are like even a navigator, you still have to have some a way like of being able to control an airplane. You know, yeah. have to understand how to do that. But it seems like a lot to juggle, though. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he was navigating and like I don't know. He was in the plane by himself. The, well, he says we uh, like the plane is a sentient being. I think he I, either that or he's just talking about like U.S. military type. Oh, they talk. He's like, bit. I am the U.S. military. Yeah, and we like, we are doing this, or maybe I don't know. I mean, 
Maybe that's just well, what the hell, Christian? Did you research? <laughs> no, like, look into his emotions. I didn't look into that part <laughs> no, of it because they didn't have emotions during right after or that. Oh, that's period. true. Yeah, that was yeah. an emotionless time. Yeah, yeah. They're like, no, we're we're tough men. We'll last forever. And they kind of did to an extent. Yeah. From this point, I write all the following events here from memory. It defies the imagination and would seem all but madness if it had not happened. Oh, I guess you're right. There were two people. I was sitting there arguing. I yeah, the radio man like, and I were talking, taken from there. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a pretty big, big miss. Yeah. To like you. Oh my, <laughs> like, I don't remember. I think I just him. it's fine. Well, that, I, that makes, that makes the writing a little more, you know, you can dictate this to some asshole behind you and he could be writing this shit. Yeah. Like, Sorry, man. It's, I was doing two episodes at one time. You get mixed oh, okay. up in about 10 sources. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I guess I'm the, the. Good catch. Good I'm the catch. cynic here. I'm like, well, and then another thing. <laughs> I should have known that when I sit, I'm sitting here arguing something I wrote. Yeah. But that checks out for kind of the entire. The we part. Okay. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. You guys are right. I'm wrong. Yeah, you're like, he's talking about his plane. That's how I talk about my airplane. That's true. That's true. He does. It was made by Matchbox. Mattel. Yeah. The radio man and I are taken from the aircraft and we are received in a most cordial manner. We We were then boarded on a small platform-like conveyance with no wheels. It moves us toward the glowing city with great swiftness. As we approach, the city seems to be made of a crystal material. Soon we arrive at a large building that is a type I have never seen before. It, it appears to be right out of the design board of Frank Lloyd White. Right. Or perhaps more correctly, out of a Buck Rogers setting. We are given some type of warm beverage that tasted like nothing I have ever savored before. It is delicious. After about 10 minutes, two of our wondrous appearing hosts come to our quarters and announce that I am to accompany them. The way he talks about his host, it's like trying to score points. Hmm. They are the best. Like they're going to be reading this and be like, oh, yeah. that bird. He had a great time. <laughs> Four stars. Yeah. I have no choice but to comply. I leave my radio be radio man behind and we walk a short distance and enter into what seems to be an elevator. We descend downward for some moments. The machine stops and the door lifts silently upward. We then proceed down a long hallway that is lit by a rose-colored light that seems to be emanating from the very walls themselves. One of the beings motions for us to stop before a great door. Over the door is an inscription that I cannot read. The great door slides no noiselessly open and I am beckoned to enter. One of my hosts speaks. Have no fear, Admiral. You are to have an audience with the master. That's so, never a good thing. Yeah, it's like he's joining a cult in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> Drink this juice. Yes. Welcome, Admiral. Here's your juice. I step inside and my eyes adjust to the beautiful coloration that seems to be filling the room completely. Then I begin to see my surroundings. What greeted my eyes is the most beautiful sight of my entire existence. So, actually, more beautiful than his children. So, yeah, his wife and children are in this like, oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. It was men, men in the 40s, man. They were built different. It's probably Do you why think his son released the, yeah, yeah. the diary. That would make sense. He's but, like, he didn't think I was beautiful then. <laughs> take this. Yeah. 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 This is the sole sentence that led him to do it. Do you think his uh, son, did, did his children have to call him Admiral Dad or Dadmiral? <laughs> Dadmiral might be yeah. good. Dadmiral would probably work. We'll go with that. When they were in trouble, just sir. Yeah. To the break. <laughs> it is, in fact, too beautiful and wondrous to describe. It is exquisite and delicate. I do not think there exists a human term that can describe it in any detail with justice. My thoughts are interrupted in a cordial manner by a warm, rich voice of melodious quality. I bid your welcome to our domain, Admiral. I see a man with delicate features 
and with the etching of years upon his face. He is seated at a long table. He motions me to sit down in one of the chairs. After I'm seated, he places his fingertips together and smiles. He speaks softly again and conveys the following. You ready for this, Scott? I am. Yes. Okay. We have let you enter here because you are a no- noble character and well-known on the surface world, Admiral. Surface world? I half gasp under my breath. Yes, the master replies with a smile. You are in the domain of the Ariani, the inner world of the earth. I thought that was the Ariana Grande fan club. Only in your life. Hmm. We shall not delay long delay your mission and you will be safely escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest rightly begins right after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the Flugelrods. Flugel sounds very German. Yes, Nordic. Hmm. Doesn't have to be German, man. Flugelrods. Yeah, the way he said that sounds very yeah. German. So <laughs> I guess it does, all right? If I'd have known that you, you could do that, I would have put some more Germans in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nine. I don't know. Wagner. See, somebody else speaks German on this show. Wagner's a German last name, so. That's true. <laughs> Volkswagner. <laughs> the Flugelrods to your surface world to investigate what your race had done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral, but I must continue on. You see, we have never in- interfered before in your racist wars and barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for man, namely that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers around the world, and yet they do not heed. Sorry. No work. Get out. <laughs> yeah. You're done. Yeah. And. And yet they do not heed. Now you have been chosen to be a witness here that our world does exist. You see, our culture and science are many thousands of years beyond your race, Admiral. I interrupted, but what does this have to do with me, sir? The master's eyes seemed to penetrate deeply into my mind, and after studying me for a few moments, he replied, Your race has now reached the point of no return, for for there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I nodded and the master continued. In 1945 and afterwards, we tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugelrods were fired upon. Yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fighter planes. So now I say to you, my son, there is a great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will not spend itself for many years. There will be no answer in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. It may rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Your recent war was only a prelude of what is yet to come for your race. We here see it more clearly with each hour. Do you say I am mistaken? No, I answered. It happened once before. The Dark Ages came and they lasted for more than 500 years. It's very interesting information as well that we find out that this is his dad. <laughs> this is Admiral Bird's dad. Because he called him son? Yeah. Very interesting story so far, though, no? Very interesting. Mm. And this is all straight out of that diary? Yes. Yes, my son, replied the master. The dark ages that will come now for your race will cover the earth like a pall. But I believe that some of your race will live through the storm. Beyond that, I cannot say. We see at a great distance a new world stirring from the ruin- ruins of your race seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will be here, my sons, safe in our keeping. When that time arrives, we shall come forward again to help revive your culture and your race. Perhaps by then, 
you will have learned the futility of war and its strife. And after that time, certain of your culture and science will be returned for your race to begin anew. You, my son, are to return to the surface world with this message. Yeah, I guess my question for that would be, why didn't he return to the surface world with that message? Why, why was it his son that released this? You know what I mean? Remember, he got debriefed once he got oh, back to Washington, D.C., and, and whatever, whatever they said to him made him not ever talk about it again. They were like, consider this message delivered. Yeah. Don't ever say it again. If you say it again, your son will not be able to publish your di diary because he will no longer exist. Yeah. That's true. With these closing words, our meeting seemed, to, seemed at an end. I stood for a moment as in a dream, but yet I, yet, but Scott Love. Are you having a stroke, Admiral? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but I yeah. am, but. But yet, I knew this was, a, was reality, and for some strange reason, I bowed slightly, either out of respect or humility. I do not know which. Suddenly, I was again aware that two, the two beautiful hosts who had brought me here were again at my side. This way, Admiral, motion one. I turned once more before leaving and looked back toward the master. A gentle smile was etched on his delicate and ancient face. Farewell, my son, he spoke. Then he gestured with the lovely slender hand, a motion of peace. And our meeting was truly ended. Nice picture of all like, yeah. peace out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, we walked back through the great door of the master's chamber and once again entered into the elevator. The door slid silently downward and we were once at, we were at once going up upward. One of my hosts spoke again. We must now make haste, Admiral, as the master desires to, to delay you no longer on your scheduled time table, and you must return with his message to your rest. race. Send this to your Ross. Rice. Yeah. I said nothing. All of this was almost beyond belief, and once again my thoughts were interrupted as we stopped. I entered the room and was again with my radio man. He had an anxious expression on his face. As I approached, I said, it is all right, Howie, it is all right. Do you think Howie, when he came in, he's like, I hope the Admiral didn't get probed. Do you think that was probably, that was probably his first thought, right? He's probably like aliens yeah. probing. Maybe they didn't know too much about probing then. Maybe Howie knew, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Or Admiral Bird knew. One of someone, and guys, can we just all agree right yeah, now? That's someone some here, knowledge yeah. of probing. That <laughs> yeah, someone happened, acquired yeah. at some point. Yeah. They probably told him that when he came back to Washington. They were like, listen, we know. <laughs> you want to get probed again? Yeah. Don't talk about this ever again. <laughs> didn't happen. It, it, yeah, it had to happen to Howie because he had an anxious expression <laughs> yeah, he, on his face. Like, can we get out of well, here? Well, I mean, he could also just be stressed out, right? Like, the guy just leaves and he's in some sort of weird yeah. crystal palace. He's like, I'm literally the radio man. Yeah. yeah. Without my radio. Yeah, what I'm the alone. hell? Who can yeah. I talk to? I'm just a man. All I do is talk to people. <laughs> Can't even do it. They sound German. Yeah. yeah. Don't we hate them? This ends well, right? Yeah. I said nothing. All of this was almost beyond belief. And once again, my thoughts. Oh, yeah? The two beings motioned us toward the waiting conveyance. We boarded and soon arrived back at our aircraft. The engines were idling and we, we boarded imme immediately. The whole atmosphere seemed charged now with a certain air of urgency. After the cargo, cargo door was closed, the aircraft was immediately lifted by that unseen force until we reached an altitude of 2,700 feet. Two of the aircraft were alongside for some distance guiding us on our way. I must state here, the airspeed indicator registered no reading, yet we were moving along at a very rapid rate. I'm gonna let you do the radio part again. Oh, that's the most interesting part of all this. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. can read some if you want. Oh, yeah, if you wanna read this next radio bit, go for it. Sure. Uh, 2.15 hours, a radio message comes through. We are leaving you now, Admiral. Your controls are free. Alvida Sane, 
That was a good call to read right? that one. See? <laughs> uh, nice save. We watched for a moment as the flugelrods, uh, f- the flugelrods <laughs> disappeared into the pale blue sky. The aircraft suddenly fell as though caught in a sharp downdraft for a moment. We quickly, we quickly recovered her control. We do not speak for some time. Each man had his own thoughts. Entry in flight control log continues. This is now five minutes later. We are again over vast areas of ice and snow and approximately 27 minutes from base camp. We radio them. They respond. We report all conditions normal. Normal. Base camp expresses relief at our reestablished contact. Because yeah, this is like the next day now, right? Basically, yeah. they've been gone for like no, over... No, it's, it's three hours later. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's only is three. Is it though? Wouldn't it... Oh, no, because then that would be... 20 no i think what 14 when actually that be the i think hour it's long? longer than three hours later but they were missing for three hours out of radio so it's like a time some kind of time discrepancy maybe their time like, in the jet or the aircraft was recording like 300 hours right like they'd been gone for a full day almost yeah but then they're only really gone for like like some temporal distortion kind of stuff it might be uh just the way it came because i just cut this part from a so it could be like oh 300 hours right Oh. But it's definitely not like 3 p.m., right? It's not like... No, because that'd, that'd be, be 15. Yeah. So, if he's keeping military time and shit. So that would be like 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. This would be 3 in the morning. And he left at like 6. But you're saying there's only... As far as like America's concerned, there's three hours he was missing. Yes. That's interesting. I like I like when time is... That brings in like Bermuda Triangle shit. <laughs> like maybe that's what happens. Yeah. So yeah. Just gets sent to the hollow earth. Oops. Oops. Uh, <laughs> 300 hours. We land smoothly at base camp. I have a mission. End log entries. Weird, because I see an entry immediately after that, too, actually. <laughs> this is when he gets back to uh, Washington, I think. Yeah, because this is like a month later. Gotcha. Looks like. Okay. Would you like to continue, or do you want me to? Yeah, I, I can keep going if you want. Sorry, go for it. Uh, now, this is a, in, an entry from March 11th, 1947. The last entry we were just reading was from the 19th of February. So this is like almost a month later. I have just attended a staff meeting to the Pentagon. I have stated full, fully my discovery and the message from the master. All is duly recorded. President has been advised. I am now detained for several hours, six hours, 39 minutes to be exact. And I'm, and am interviewed in, sorry. I am, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. No. I am interviewed in, intently by top secret, uh, God, man. <laughs> I thought, I was like sitting it's, here thinking, I might difficult. be able to read some of this. No, nope. it's difficult. As fuck. I, I, I give up. <laughs> No, uh, I am interviewed intently by top security forces and a medical team. It was an ordeal. I am placed under strict control via the national security provisions of this this United States of America. I am ordered to remain silent in regard to all that I have learned on the behalf of humanity. One, 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 one. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So obviously, That's exclamation typo. points is what he's trying to do, but it's just one, 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 one. That's it's probably a secret message. No, I think it, the secret message is his son forgot to type shift. Yeah. Incredible. I am reminded that I am a military man and that I must obey orders. So now this is on the year 2056, the 30th month. No, it's 1956. <laughs> Ten, nine years later, on the 30th of December, I think is what I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm reading that. Yep. Uh, these last few years elapsed since 1947 have not been kind. I now make my final entry into this singular diary. In closing, I must state that I have faithfully kept this ma- matter a secret as directed all these years. It has been completely against my values of moral rights. Now, I seem to sense the long night coming on and this secret will not die with me. But as all truth shall, it will triumph and so it shall. This can be the only hope for mankind. I've seen the truth and it has quickened my spirit and has set me free. 
It's getting real religious real quick. <laughs> yeah. Quick in my spirit. Who's because the long night's coming. Yeah. That's true. You felt it. I've Phil done Collins. my I've done my duty towards the monstrous military industrial complex. Now the long night begins to approach, but there shall be no end. Just as the long night of the Arctic ends, the brilliant sunshine of truth shall come again, and those who are of darkness shall fall in its light. For I have seen that land beyond the pole, that center of the great unknown. Do you have a tear, Scott? Do I have a tear? Yeah, I do. The, the national anthem was playing while you were reading that. It was crazy. <laughs> no, it wasn't, because he said military-industrial oh, complex. Yeah. anti-national Monstrous, anthem. Monstrous, yeah. Yeah. Anti-flag was playing while that was being read. Just like the national anthem, but like a key lower or something. Yeah, yeah. it's minor. Yeah, yeah, it works. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I guess I'll take that. That next. Uh, oh, I see the words. Let's de- debunk a bit to later down. Yeah. So we'll get rid of that. Huh? <laughs> and my 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 part just ends with him signing it. It says Admiral Richard E. Byrd, United States Navy, twenty four December nineteen fifty six. Oh, it's the holidays. Which is weird because that's six days. It's dated six days before the actual entry, which is the 30th. Uh-oh. Yeah. So what's that about? Christian? Maybe. That'll come in the debunking. Oh, okay. Time. I just wasn't sure. Like, do you know how numbers? <laughs> Have you ever numbered? <laughs> he went back in time. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot to write this in <laughs> yeah. the future. Christmas Eve, homie. I'm not dealing with this <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. I'll sign this. Or maybe he got, like, really inspired to write it on Christmas Eve. And then his family was like, bro, it's Christmas Eve. And he's like, okay, let me just sign my name. And then I'll write everything out later. He's one of, wearing week, one of those later. old school pajamas that the adults used to wear back in the I day. I hope so. That's if, let's all visualize that with for a the moment. flap on the butt. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. great stuff. Um, a strange thing happened a couple days after the operation began. Strange lights began to be seen in the sky. The lights appeared to be craft, but crew could get no readings from the craft. Some of the unidentified flying objects were seen coming straight out of the water near Little America. Mm-hmm. Children everywhere dropped their churros as they came out. Like, oh no. <laughs> I picture it being like a little fair. Welcome to Little America. <laughs> or is that a what's his name song? This is America. Oh yeah, Childish Gambino. Gambino. Yeah, this is nice. Little America. <laughs> this is Little yeah. America. We got little problems. Yeah. Okay. Don't catch <laughs> them little slipping up, <laughs> slipping up a little. Uh, yeah. So water near Little America. Where was Little America at again? I get Antarctica. This, that's like okay. the base, isn't it? All right. Yeah. yeah, I get this comic idea every time I hear it. I just picture it by like the beach or something. The, the Nazis had two on one, and then uh, America was like, <laughs> Little America. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Nazis were like, Oh, yeah, we're terrified of Little America, please. The Navy even fired on the UFOs, but did not affect the crash. When an airplane was the sent, craft, the craft yeah, didn't affect it when they blew it up. It's fine. When an air, okay, I'm going to read that entire sentence. Which over. It, the craft is a great movie. Sure. The Navy even fired on the UFOs, but did not affect the craft. When an airplane was sent out to dis- and to intercept the craft, it was blown out of the sky with a laser-like weapon. The USS Maddox caught fire and began to sink, and began sink to sink. Perverts, no. Yeah. And <laughs> the, USS, the USS Maddox caught fire and began to sink. The reports state that the military were attacked multiple times. Some in charge thought that the UFOs might actually be reported, quote, wonder weapons of the Nazis. Wunderweapons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, take that. Your wunder weapons. I don't think I don't think weapons is a German word. It is if you put a V in front of it. <laughs> it's not a. It's a W because it sounds like a V. We'll pretend that checks out. Bird's yeah. Last entry in his diary is near the end of his life on the twenty fourth of December, nineteen fifty six. He felt that the long night was near, and he didn't want the story to die with him. He gave the diary to his son when he died eighteen months after the final entry. 
The Antarctic Treaty was signed by many world governments, and after that, permission was needed to travel to the continent. So if there's any truth to the story in the diary, we normal citizens are unable to look into it. And with that, we close out the episode. <laughs> no, I, but that we will we will close out part one of this. We're going to do part two immediately after it's available right now. So whatever you're listening on, just keep listening for part two, where we will where Christian will try to debunk it, and we'll also just kind of discuss the, the story in its entirety. Uh, Ethan won't be here. <laughs> no, 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 like when we talk, we'll we'll read you the story. We'll kick you out. No. Yeah. So that's literally whatever you're listening on. Enjoy the outro music. And then listen to part two. That's just as long. And it's not a play for me to get more downloads. <laughs> it's fine. Listen to part 16, also available now. <laughs> Each part's two minutes. It's fine, guys. It's there. Go check Prepare it out. For your information, yeah. he has trouble opening. Right. And closing. Or trouble yeah. closing. <laughs> yeah. This is the real exit, guys. Yeah. We're out of here. We'll see you in two minutes because you're obsessed with this show. Tell your mom. Did that work? Yeah, that was good. Okay. I like that a lot. Yeah. It'll definitely work once you edit it. Tell your it mom. Will. Yeah. So, your friends and family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds weird. Hey, Christian, did you forget the part where I said part two is coming right now? Yeah, I'm taking my so brilliant do you think it's going to be uncomfortable it's been so long since we recorded anything it feels like how long has it been a couple months yeah before atlas right yeah yeah we got really productive before the before atlas was born yeah and after he's been born zero productivity from me well i mean that's understandable so that's why i'm a little nervous about this season going on i'm like i hope i can keep it up without dying
I'm not that nervous. I've been studying all summer, working yeah, on ideas. Nice. Ethan's going to be the only one that makes sense of this episode, for the record. That'll be a first. Somebody makes sense. I mean, I'm just going to be like, so <coughs> what did you... What does hollow earth mean? You're, you're going to be like, how did I even get in here? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> turn off that banana right now. Yeah. Delight the banana. Extinguish that banana. I wonder if I should just like look up like a Wikipedia article about hollow earth. <laughs> like just the glyphs. No, it's <laughs> like, well, you know, according to Wikipedia, it says that. You hey, I source Wikipedia all the time. Without our donations, they, they cease to exist, Ethan. And I have not donated once, but they keep asking. They're like, please, Scott. Somebody is. You're always here. Yeah. You're always reading our stuff. Please. I'm like, I'm not reading. I'm editing to make it make sense to me. So <laughs> you should tell you about me. Nephilim. <laughs> yeah. Let me oh walk you gosh. through the Nephilim, sir. Yeah. <laughs> not true. Not true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the exact explanation you get from, from Christian. You bring it up. He's like, uh, I cannot recall that being factual. Shout out to Bill Clinton. I was wondering if that was Bill Clinton. Yeah, it was. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought it was like I did not have sexual relations was. with that woman. It was, but I was. I there was something else where it was like I do not recall. Yeah, who that, said I did not inhale? Was that George that Bush? Was George Bush. Yeah. No, no. Seriously? Was it George Bush? I can't remember. Was that, either but Bill that Clinton hilarious. or George Bush? It was Bill Clinton. I yeah, <laughs> it's like I did not inhale. Yeah, is he talking about marijuana? Yeah. So it just was like, well, that was back then where he could get away with that. Yeah. So. And you're like, oh, yeah, is that what you did not do? Mm-hmm. We're like 30 years from Reefer Madness when he did that. My mom's still a part of Reefer Madness. I do like lore. Yeah. As we'll find out soon in this episode of The Freaky D. <laughs> no. yeah, here we are. Dude, I have no idea how to, like, you remember how I used to have issues starting episodes? It's back. We haven't recorded in so long. I'm like, how the fuck do I break? Do I just start with, and we're back. That's welcome back to season three, I guess. You know what I mean? Does that work? Sure. Well, you're not exactly the target demographic, so I'm going to assume that works. It's fine. Just try it again. Be like, zoom away. What the hell? I have a note on here that's called Hollow Garth. Mm, Just Garth Brooks. Is that like a Cadbury (laughs) Garth Brooks for Easter time? Just a ceramic model of Garth Brooks. Yeah. What are we doing first? Hollow Earth. Okay, that's the one I have. I think this is 18 pages long, Christian. I believe this may be two parts. So if it is two parts, we will see. Mazel tov. But if it is, I'll just check the time and we'll cut it early and then redo it or later. I think a couple, a few of those pages are just like... Pictures him, that you drew? No, the him oh. flying in the air and his audio. Oh, like his... His record. His script. It's got some scriptception going on. Here. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, that works. That's fine. That's fine. We should probably get going. I'm ready. I've been ready for weeks. Yeah, so anyway, apparently, guys, the Earth is hollow. Breaking news. That's how the episode starts. We just discovered that the Earth is hollow. No. I mean, do something where, because we've been talking about doing this yeah. episode, and this will be like the first part of, I think it says it in there. That red part is just when I, I put some red text in there because I wasn't sure that's what I wanted to say, but it's something along those lines, maybe. I, I thought that's when Jesus was speaking, but okay, no. Well, I guess the story makes a little more sense now. Jesus didn't exist. Dang. I'm getting ready. I'm getting oh, ready. God. I'm practicing yeah. my skills. Nice try. <laughs> nice Plus try. I like to mess with them. Right. What they <laughs> yeah, there's certain times though I know when you're just egging me on my not today. There's Ooh. times where I'll accidentally say something and he'll go on a tangent. <laughs> it's been like five minutes. Especially so if it's brief. religion. And it's, yeah. most of the time I, yeah. I'm careful because I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't, you want, yeah. okay, dude. Yeah. Like, it's all I fine. have to do is say that the Nephilim aren't fallen angels. Yeah. Giants and aren't fallen angels. And then yeah. 20 yeah. minutes later, <laughs> you come yeah, back I'm to like, And that concludes, <laughs> yeah. sir, the reality of the nature. My monologue is yeah. over. <laughs> and the episode is as well. Good night, everyone.
Just tell and me we're back. Just be like, hey, welcome to season three of the... Very abrupt. I can't even say it. Freaky deep Freaky. The Reefy Freaky. We changed it up because we're not in search results. The Reefy Deaky. That makes a lot more sense for today. Yeah. Okay. So we ready? I've been ready. I think everyone's been ready. Yeah. It's been, it's mainly been on me. I'll, let me get some more coffee. This surely will help.